Hey folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on Fat Burning Man, where we help you look, feel, and perform at your best. Have you ever run a marathon? To put things into perspective, the first guy who tried running a marathon dropped dead of a heart attack. You can Google it. But after more than 40 ultra marathons, our guest this week will show you how to run the right way. We're here with our friend, Danny Dreyer, whose chi running and chi walking program started a worldwide revolution in the way we move. You'll learn how to use the principles of Tai Chi to increase your running efficiency, endurance, and performance. And even if you don't like running at all, listen into this episode because there's a whole section dedicated to you. Before we get to the show, here's a bit of inspiration that just came in from our community, the Fat Burning Tribe. You can check it out yourself at fatburningtribe.com. This one is from Maggie, and she says, these pictures were taken a year apart on 57. And if you're just listening to the audio, I know you can't see this, but she looks completely different, like a different person. In the pic on the left, I was about one month into getting serious about the wild diet and was already feeling better. I was on many meds and had several health conditions that have been reversed over the course of 2016. I've dropped about six sizes. My brand new skinny jeans are falling off already. Smiley face. My arthritis has improved to the point where I'm feeling like I can do anything I want to, and I love it. She says, hey, slow losers, this is what it looks like to lose about one pound per week on average with lots of stalls in between. It's not about how fast you do it. It's about staying the course. Maggie, you look incredible. That advice is is spot on. This is definitely not something that you can just do in a week, in a month, or even a year. Honestly, nutrition is something I plan to keep my eye on for the rest of my life. As soon as you drop the ball on nutrition, movement, sleep, stress, these things add up really quickly and your, your life can go into a tailspin. These negative factors can compound and snowball on themselves. So kudos to you for making progress and even better Uh, translating that progress into lessons that other people can learn. So if you'd like to get started, what are you waiting for? You can join our next group challenge in the Fat-Burning Tribe. All you have to do is type this address into your device right now, fatburningtribe.com. Just type it in, phone, tablet, computer, doesn't matter. We've got it on all of them. Just type in fatburningtribe.com. Whether you have 100 pounds to lose or the stubborn last 5 or 10, you can start our challenge Today, from any device, just type in fatburningtribe.com. You'll get done for you wild meal plans, members only coaching sessions and giveaways, my exclusive workouts and cooking classes, and all the tools you need to get results that last. Or if you just want to dip your toes into this, try a few freebies to see if the wild diet is right for you. You can visit fatburningman.com, sign up for my newsletter, and I'll send you seven days of meal plans along with some free goodies that you have to see to believe. So that's at fatburningman.com. All right, on to the show with Danny. You're about to learn how to breathe if you want to lose fat, how to walk and run with gravity instead of against it, the three biggest mistakes you're probably making when you run, and much more. Let's go hang out with Danny. All right, folks, Danny Dreyer is the author of Chi Running, one of my favorite books of all time, and I mean that when I say it. Danny has been revolutionizing the running world for nearly 20 years. His work is based on his 18-year practice of Tai Chi and his 45 years of running, racing, and coaching thousands of runners, including myself, in energy efficiency, injury prevention, and intelligent movement. Danny also co-authored with his wife, Catherine, Chi Walking and Chi Marathon, which have introduced the world to the concept of approaching running, walking, and sports in general as mindful practices. He has run 43 ultra marathons and has finished in the top three in his age group in 40 of them, which is absolutely incredible. Chi running is now taught in 12 languages in 22 countries across the world by over 200 certified instructors. Danny, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Hey, well, it's great to be back again. Yeah. You're always one of my favorite guests, and I can't wait to get started with this one because we just moved into a new place here in Austin. It's right on the hike and bike trail, one of my favorite places to run around. That's one of my favorite places in Austin. Beautiful, yeah. And uh, the problem is, though, is that most people are running wrong. When I look at the biomechanics of how people are, are moving it's yeah. straight out of a horror movie uh, in yeah, a lot of yeah. the cases. You could tell that they're doing some damage. So I'm talking to the right guy. How can we yeah. help ourselves out of this this mess? What are the biggest mistakes that most people are making? Okay, so I've been thinking about this, you know, because I've been thinking about it for 20 years, but I finally boiled it down to like, give me three. Yeah. Give me three things that people do wrong, okay? 
So I came up with three things that, because people are also, not only they want to learn to run, but they want to get, most people want to get faster. Even if they're a beginning runner, they sure. still want to get faster. And so I came up with the three biggest mistakes that keep runners from getting faster. This applies across the board from beginners all the way through elite runners. Okay. So the first one is most people don't run using their whole body. Mm -hmm. Most people are just used to pushing with their legs. It's like from the waist down and that's it. So a lot of chi running is based in my practice of Tai Chi. So it's all about your whole body. Every part of your body cooperates so that your legs don't have to overwork. Mm -hmm. So that's one. That's another reason why most people get so many leg injuries is because they're overworking that one part of right. your body. And then the second one is most people don't change their running technique relative to what's needed. So people are running along, they go up a hill, they run the same way up the hill mm -hmm. as they do down the hill, the same way into a headwind, the same way, you know, whatever they do, they always run the same way. Yeah. It's, it's really inefficient <laughs> to not adapt to what you're doing. So I, I always go back to my practice of Tai Chi. If I'm coming against an opponent, there's, why would I have the same response uh, no matter what the guy throws at me? Yeah. You know, I'd be history really right. quickly. So you need to learn how to change your technique. And then the third one is to gain speed. A lot of people don't first get rid of what slows them down mm -hmm. before they start doing all the things that help speed them up. Because if you do more conditioning, more speed work, all of that stuff, and you're doing it with poor technique, then you could be running faster but being still really inefficient. Yeah. You know? Too much impact, too much overuse, one thing or the other. So those three things I've come up with that are really comes down to three things for most people. Yeah. So it's not running with your whole body. It's not changing your technique relative to what you need to do and not getting rid of what slows you down. So I, yeah. we can talk about each one of those if you'd like. Sure. Yeah. The, the good news is that there's a lot of low hanging fruit for most people <laughs> who are out there running. Right. Because it's yeah. just it's a mess. Limbs are flailing. People are oh, yeah. gyrating in weird ways. <laughs> but but mostly it's not symmetrical and it's not efficient. You can tell that they're not running with technique that's uh that's working for them. It's, yeah, it's exactly. working against them. It's slamming the joints. It's no wonder that, that people have as many problems as they do. I know before I learned proper running technique, I was pretty fast. I was winning races growing up, but I would get shin splints. As soon as I kind of like peaked, <laughs> that was the thing where I'd have to, you know, dial it back down for a couple of weeks, stay off. I'd get slower. Then I'd get fast again, get shin splints or hurt my knee or oh. what have you. So, Whole up and down thing, you know. But I think almost every runner has gone through that at some point. And, yeah. you know, in most places where you learn how to run, you don't actually learn how to run. They're just like, okay, you're going to run for five miles. Go. Yeah, yeah. And, and whoever's the fastest do, is. They don't, know how, they don't tell you how to do it. They just tell you what to do. Exactly. Yeah. So when you say running with a unified body, for example, yeah. what, what does that mean? Okay. So let's take, for example, the how the human body moves. How most people run is they push off with their legs. They mm -hmm. push their body forward with their legs. That's what they think. And if you look at where all the running injuries are, they happen generally from the knees down. Yeah. So when you're pushing off with your legs, you're using the, the lower leg really a lot mm -hmm. to move your whole body forward. So that's the smallest group of muscles in your body, <laughs> you know, in your yeah. whole movement part. You've got this whole, all these strong core muscles in the middle that are built for moving your legs, mm -hmm. why would you want to just use the very tail into your legs right. and think that that's going to be safe or efficient? And so we're trying to get, I'm trying to get people to really not only work more from their core, but also engage their upper body. Mm -hmm. So there's so much that you can do with your upper body. You know, the whole idea of like leaning forward so that you engage the pull of gravity as an assist. Mm -hmm. Okay, that helps you move forward so you don't have to push as much with your legs. You can also bring in your arm swing, and very few people are taught what to do with their arms. Mm -hmm. You know, so people hold them tight or they don't swing them right or mm -hmm. they get so much tension from holding them wrong. But it's, it's really learning how to get your arms to cooperate with your leg swing yeah. so that there's this nice upper lower synchronicity. You know, and, and when it's working right, it's beautiful to watch. You can oh, tell. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's really beautiful to watch. And, you know, it's when you're running in balance, when every part of your body is playing its proportional role, mm -hmm. then uh, there isn't any part that overworks. 
So, you know, in Tai Chi, my Tai Chi instructor would say, you know, even down to your fingers, every part of your body has to be involved. But your fingers are not involved in a big way because they're pretty small. Mm -hmm. But every part of your body is proportional to its size. Yeah. You know, it's very Marxist set up in that way, <laughs> sure. you know, from each according <laughs> to its running, ability. Like it. <laughs> yeah, Marxist running. <laughs> so you got these little tiny feet and these little toes and small calves or whatever, you know. Oh, it doesn't. I mean, if you stub your toe and you try to go for a run, you really appreciate how important your, your toes are. All the little pieces oh, definitely man, add yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So how you hold your hands, that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, whether you hold them this way, you hold them this way, it makes a complete difference in the muscles that are used to carry your arms, your head position. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people run with their head up. You know, when you think about it, if your head is 15 percent of your total body weight, mm -hmm. if your head tilts back, what does that do to your center of mass? Right. You know, it's like your your body's going that way and you're trying to go forward. Mm -hmm. You know, it works against you. So it's really getting your whole upper body to cooperate with this nice forward movement and with uh, counterbalancing the movement of your lower body. So mm -hmm. when I say a whole body, that's what it means. Just really becoming cognizant of how every certain part really does play a role. Yeah. So not tight, but engaged in a way and oh, engaged yeah. in the right way. Yeah, definitely not tight because the whole idea in any kind of really efficient movement is to have your body aligned well. Mm -hmm. That way you're moving symmetrically. Right. Okay? That center line through the middle of your body is where is the only, it's not tightness, it's kind of this gathered feeling. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You kind of feel that when you're running in balance or you're doing anything that requires balance. Everything outside of that, especially when you're a runner or walker or some kind of a moving athlete, Everything about the moving parts, your arms and legs and hips and shoulders, needs to be as relaxed as possible. If it's not, it's holding you back from the movement you could have. Yeah. And just before yeah. we get ahead of ourselves, pretty much everything we're talking about also applies to walking. So even if you, oh. you're not a runner, this, this yeah. applies to how you're living your life, how you're sitting. And, and I found that running in particular was a great place to learn a lot of these skills that later apply to sitting and standing and other yes. things that are really important because you're out there. It's usually when you're running, it's it's the only thing that you're doing, right? You might be yeah. listening to music or something, but but you're paying attention. And and sure. sometimes in today's modern world, it's it's pretty difficult to learn when you're in front of screens <laughs> and computers and people all around. So going out and going for a walk and trying to apply some of these things, it's a fantastic way to do it. You can learn so much very quickly. You can learn an incredible amount. And not only that, the cool thing is, is that most people spend way more time sitting and walking than they do running. Right. So that's the bulk of your life is mm -hmm. not running. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's what are you doing the rest of the time? So this is a great way to really pay attention to your body the rest of the day. Because if you run for an hour a day or 45 minutes, that's just that's it. And it's done. Yeah. But, you you know, you're sitting in your car driving, you're sitting at your desk, you're walking across, you know, to get to your car, whatever. That's when you bring in all these other postural focuses you can relax you can practice moving and um, that's why it's really I'm trying to get people into this whole idea of any mindful practice doesn't just last for an hour a day mm -hmm. that it's your life you, yeah. you do it all day long you know and that then when you're practicing it all day long when you do go out to run it's like everything comes together yeah. you know it's really cool right so for an hour you can like totally focus on it because that's all like you said that's all you're doing yeah now Number two, I think you said, was people don't change their technique based on different positions or based on different terrain, whatever you're up against. What's the best way to, to engage that skill or, or, or what are you doing to adjust? Well, the best way to learn it, obviously, is to throw yourself into all kinds of different circumstances sure, yeah. and adapt. Yeah. You know? And the best way to do that is really through body sensing. The big theme through all the chi running work is just body sensing. And anybody who's trying to be an athlete or grow in their practice, that's a bottom line requirement. You got to mm -hmm. learn how to sense your body. So you got to learn how to tell, even if you don't visually see something different going on, you got to be able to feel it in your body. Oh my God, I, I'm feeling just a little bit more tension here. I'm feeling a little more work happening. Mm -hmm. I could be running along and all of a sudden not paying attention. I'm looking around and I'm go heading up a hill and all of a sudden I'm going, wow, wait a minute, what just happened? Yeah. You know, it feels harder to move. Mm -hmm. Well, when you realize you're on a hill, you just go, oh, okay, so I'm on a hill. What changes can I make to make this hill 
easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you shorten your stride, you lean into it, you, you know, you do a number of things to make an adjustment. So by throwing yourself in all the different circumstances, you really get to practice all the different ones. So you throw yourself into hills, you throw yourself into a headwind, you throw mm-hmm. yourself into downhills or in the rain or in cold or in a crowd or on sidewalks and streets, a canted roads, you know, yeah. all of these different circumstances are going to be thrown at you. And so you need to practice the the little focuses it takes to adapt right. in the moment to what you're doing. So any martial artist, so this comes from my Chi running, any martial, I mean, Tai Chi, any martial artist has to come up against an opponent at some time. Mm -hmm. And you never know what they're going to throw at you. The guy might kick you one minute and pull you the next minute, you know. So you need to know what to do in every single circumstance. So Mm -hmm. you practice with a partner that pulls you, that tries to kick you or punch you. And then you learn your natural responses. So you learn them well enough that it almost becomes intuitive so that when it happens, you're like right there. Yeah. Just instant response. And so that's the same thing with running, walking, whatever you come against, whatever nature throws at you. If it's a race course, whatever that throws at you, mm-hmm. you have the right response. And then you're really mastering your movement you right. know, in the moment. Yeah. And then the practice is being in the moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is everybody's practice. You yes. know, it isn't. It should be. Right. You know, but this is good, good training for being present. That was running and music were my first training in mindfulness and meditation. Without me knowing what it was back then, that was definitely what was what was happening. And I think one of the reasons I liked both of those things so much, and it's not limited to those things, but I think the more that you engage in that mindfulness, which combines with body sensing and that other kind of sensing, however you want to define it, that, that comes with adapting to the situation that you're in, yeah. those skills start to branch out into all different parts of your life. And it's, it's really a beautiful thing. Yeah, when you're playing the guitar and you've got a new drummer and like he's like going with a really cool beat and you want to like stay with him, mm-hmm. you've got to like, you know, adapt, like right. play with it, you know, and that's when it gets really cool. You're playing with other musicians, everybody's playing a different instrument and you can really, you know, blend with everybody. And that's the whole idea of, right. uh, you know, what you're getting at with music. Yeah. To extend that a little bit farther, if I'm only playing death metal guitar all the time, <laughs> right. it's going to be really hard to jam with someone who's, you know, playing bluegrass or folk. Sure. And so if you're always running on the hard top at the same speed, uh, on yeah. the same race course or, or whatever, you're yeah. you're building deficiencies, in fact, right? Yeah. You're building imbalance in your body. So what exactly. are the ways that you can remedy that to make sure that you're, you're in balance and you're practicing balance instead? Okay, so first one is awareness. Mm-hmm. You got to be aware that you have a tendency <laughs> to yeah. keep doing the same thing over and over. So let's say you live in Florida. It's always flat. Mm-hmm. You always have the same terrain. It's, it's always just here or there. You right. know, it's like two dimensional. So you got to start figuring out how you can actually throw in new circumstances when new circumstances don't exist. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I was training in Florida, I'd find parking garages. I'd like wind my way up to the top level, come back down. I'd hit freeway ramps, you know, anything that gives me a little elevation. If I couldn't find that, then, for instance, if I was running a really long, flat event, I would run along and every few miles I would run as if I was running up a hill. Mm -hmm. So I'd lean more, I'd pick up my feet, I'd lift my knees a little higher, I'd change my stride. So... If you don't have the circumstances around you, you need to create the circumstances mm-hmm. as if you're, you know, put it onto your body. Yeah. So, um, you know, there, you, that's one way to do it. You can change up various parts of your body if you, for instance, live in a place with not a lot of external changes going on. Mm-hmm. You can switch between just running with your upper body for a while, just mm-hmm. running with your lower body for a while, just completely running off of relaxation for a while. Yeah. You know, really mix it up so that you uh, challenge yourself. Right. So there's, uh, you can get really creative with this, you know, mm-hmm. so. One thing know, that I like to do, I these days especially, I run with my dog, and she's all over the place. She's, you know, almost yeah. 80 pounds. She's a, just a very, she's just a perpetual puppy. And it's, instead of fighting it, I like to have fun with it. So we'll go out and run together, and instead of, you know, one of the big problems with certain types of training, uh, including running for a lot of people, but as well as CrossFit and, and some other ways of training is that they're only training certain ways of moving, like front yeah. and back, 
and to the side. But none yeah. of those moves that are a little bit diagonal or all over the place. And as humans, we're supposed to be all over the place like that little <laughs> puppy dog, right? So yep. what I like to do is we go out to the, the park and we just kind of bounce back and forth in all sorts of different directions and, and chase each other yeah. around. And I'll even do that if the trail is a little bit empty in one spot. I'll start running diagonally on purpose and I can yeah. f- I find that I'm engaging a lot more of my body and my mind in fact yeah exactly that's why i love trail running yeah i mean you know it's such a natural fit because you're always doing something different every 10 seconds right and that's the beauty of it but if you don't happen to have that then yes you gotta throw in artificial <laughs> right you gotta keep yourself entertained okay so the the number three was to gain speed most people don't get rid of what slows them down yeah, yeah. So how do you now, do that? People don't think about this. They, most people, you go to any training site and they'll go, okay, you want to get faster? Okay, the Tuesdays you're going to do intervals, you're yeah. going to do the ladders and like, you know, sprints and all this stuff. And most trainers are into cardio aerobic fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, you're either training your aerobic cast to get better or you get your muscles to be stronger or your heart to be stronger. What I've found is that a lot of people still carry too much tension in their body. Mm-hmm. They don't work on their range of motion. You know, So if mm-hmm. your body doesn't have good range of motion, how are you going to get a longer stride? And if you yeah. don't have a long stride, how are you going to run faster without yeah. working harder? So range of motion, relaxation of both your, both your hips and shoulders, You know how your arms swing, how your legs swing. And it's also what slows you down also is when you're not really aligned with the direction you're headed. Right. So there's efficiency in how in your movement. So if you're you know, if you run like Rocky Balboa, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> your body's going that way and you're headed that way, ah right. You know, that's inefficient. If you bounce up and down, mm-hmm. you know, that's not gonna work. You you're know, if energy. you hold Yeah. If you hold tension, if you if you just run with your legs and don't swing your arms. Mm-hmm. So there's all these ways that your body can slow you down. Or make other parts of your body have to work harder. So if you don't get rid of what slows you down, and some people, the biggest thing I see with people that slows them down is that they don't take advantage of this whole process of falling forward. Yes. Because especially as you get older, people get afraid of falling. Mm-hmm. So they, they back off of that lean they had when they were younger as a kid. Okay. And so when they start running upright, the physics changes. Yeah. You know? All the physics changes. So then you, you're you not working with the pull of gravity. You're actually working against the pull of gravity. Right. It's not so, pretty. So it's cooperating by leaning, cooperating by relaxing, cooperating by finding the areas of your body that just don't work with the rest, you know, and contribute their fair share. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about chi running taking off in Asia right now because I think that's oh, so yeah. fascinating. Now, yeah. You've been working with with Westerners for a long time now. We we come to the table with a lot of baggage and with a yes. lack of understanding about certain other things like like chi. How is that different when you're coaching people in Asia? Oh, it's like literally worlds apart. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. everybody in the West is really into results. Uh-huh. You know, and um, it's how fast can I get? You know, how far can I get? How strong can I get? It's you know, so people come to me all the time trying to get better in that kind of way, in measurable ways. Okay, it's not to say the people in Asia aren't interested in speed, yeah. but they are really respectful of the process of getting there. Okay, you know, and the the thing about this whole thing was started in San Francisco. Okay, I started it in the West, so uh, that's been my challenge: is introducing how to move from your center, this whole concept from Tai Chi, how to move from your center and relax the moving parts Mm -hmm. in order to become a better runner, how to integrate this into your running. Well, you know, for the first 10 years, people are going, oh, my God, this is like such woo-woo stuff. I'm not sure if I can, like, deal with this. You're going to make me granola next for breakfast or something? (laughs) And, And I'm going, I feel like a salmon swimming upstream. Yeah. You know, like, What's this cheese stuff? Well, I just want to run. Sure. Just, just, come on, show me how to run. Yeah. Get me faster. <laughs> and when I go to Asia, people are going, chi? Oh, my God. This is, like, so cool. Yeah. Because I've been hearing about this my whole life. I grew up with it. We know what chi is. It's life force energy. We work with it. We do it. Tai Chi is a part of our culture. Martial arts is a part of their culture. Mm-hmm. And so explaining what your center is, your dantian, or what chi is, is to them. It's like... 
me explain to you what a peanut butter sandwich is. You know, it's like oh <laughs> for better God, or really? worse. <laughs> for better or worse, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so they understand the chi thing, and the beauty of what's happening right now in Asia is that they are actually going through their first running boom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We had ours in like the '60s. You right. know, Frank Shorter and all those guys came back from the Olympics, going, you know, I think everybody could do this. Yeah. You know, but they're going through their first boom. And in, in especially like greater China, mm-hmm. you know, they've never had a middle class, uh, you know, with, right. they're getting a little more economy going in places like India and, and Southeast Asia. And they're really getting much more of a, a middle class that has a little bit more time and expendable income. Mm-hmm. And so these people are going, wow, you know, especially the younger crowd are not as into Tai Chi because that's what their grandparents did. It's what their parents did. It's like, oh yeah, they listen to, you know. It'll uh, be really cool for their kids. The old guys, you know, (laughs) that's the old guy's sport, you know. Right. And these kids are going, well, I'd like to learn what Tai Chi is about, but I don't want to have to do Tai Chi. And so when I say, hey man, you can learn this stuff through your running Mm -hmm. and get all of that, all that same stuff, they're going, really? I love running, so show me, you know. So I went to China in the spring of this year, and I went to Taiwan and into Hong Kong, and I was able to teach a whole uh, bunch of instructors over there. And now I have regional directors in, you know, Singapore and Hong Kong and Taiwan that are kind of heading up the show over there. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful to see the response they're getting. It's very cool. I mean, you know, and I'm, I'm really excited. I've always said, I think since I started this whole thing 15 yeah. years ago, that if this takes off somewhere, yeah. it's going to be Asia. <laughs> right. Because I don't have to explain what it's about. Right. I just got to tell them how to do it. And it's kind of what's happening. That's fantastic. And, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, I think like 10 years ago in greater China, People's Republic, there wasn't more than maybe 10 marathons a year. Now really? they have hundreds. Huh. You know, in that? just 10 years. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. that's huge growth. Yeah. And so it's really booming everywhere all over Asia. So it's really a fun time to be over there and promoting. Yeah. And have you noticed in the past 10 years or so that it's a little bit less like swimming upstream in America? It, it seems like people yeah. are starting to open up and, and appreciate yeah. that there's another whole side to this whole thing. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm definitely noticing the presence and the awareness of people see that there is really something digging deeper into your running to really make it better. Yeah. You know? and, and along with that, of course, has been a decrease in our market share. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because everybody's getting on board. Even Runner's World is on board now. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds sure. funny, but once they get on board, then, you know, it's like mainstream. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so everybody's really aware of technique Mm -hmm. and proper training and really being mindful about how you move. And there's still huge, huge debates about how do you land? You know, do you have a heel strike, a midfoot, a toe off, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. you do. So there's still lots and lots of many, many more scientific studies showing that it's really valuable to pay attention to technique. So all that is bringing the awareness in as well yeah so yeah i've definitely noticed an increase in people wanting to learn how to run and and yeah when i started it was like i had to tell people you know you really do need to learn how to run because you need to see how you're moving <laughs> yeah you're hurting yourself trust me <laughs> yeah it hurts to watch <laughs> but uh yeah I, I i do think it's getting better and it seems like a lot of westerners get into running or any sport for that matter for performance but now yeah. there's a greater appreciation for running as a practice. Yes. And I think that's a really cool change that's just starting up is to yeah. really do it as a practice. And there's still not many people teaching it as a practice. I think we still kind of have that mm-hmm. market pretty well surrounded. But it's really getting to be wonderful that way because you can see that both with walking and with running, because of the health crisis in our country, more people are paying attention to, okay, I don't want to be a diabetic. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to you know, have my joints fall apart on me. I don't want heart disease. I don't want arthritis. And so they're seeing that this really is a practice for a reason. Yeah. I mean, you know, I want to enjoy my older years. And so, you know, so... Nowadays, when I'm pitching a walking class or a running class, I'm I'm just telling people, you know, the reason why it's a practice is so that you can actually 
have a choice and a say in your quality of life from yeah. here on out. Yeah. You know, if you want to have a really good health for the rest of your life, you got to start now and you got to start by moving, mm-hmm. learning how to move well, not damaging your body, eating well, breathing right, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. If you want to be healthy, you got to pay. Yeah. And it's not just about running that one race or that, that oh, one yeah. season or anything like that. In fact, uh, since the last time we talked, this was a couple of years ago, I broke my foot. And so I couldn't oh, run no. for oh. a while. Well, that's a drag. Yeah, that was a, that was a drag. And I realized how much I missed it. You know, you, yeah. you, you start to take those things for granted. And then not doing it for a while, I, I saw how things kind of changed even in my own like brain state and how I was operating day to day. And I think it really reminded me how important it is and how much of a gift it is to go yeah. out there and move. Because now I do it for the pure joy of it, really. You know, I'm not racing for anything anymore. But uh, as a practice, and I'm sure you can relate to this, it's just, it's freedom is what it feels like. It's not only freedom, but you know what I've gotten into lately with people is that it's uh, really a, given our cultural right now and set up and just coming out of the election and stuff like that, it's Mm -hmm. a stress reliever. It's really a great way to deal with stress because it gets you in your body, out Mm -hmm. of your head. You know, you you can actually relax and start to feel the ground underneath you. Yeah. And it's a good way to move through this whole process of transition that's going on in our country right now. Yeah. It's It's kind of, to me, it's the opposite of driving (laughs) in a lot of ways. The opposite of driving in a city anyway. Driving, I grew up in the country. Driving in the country, I always enjoyed. It was time to myself and you kind of, it's almost like trail running in a way. But man, in the city, on the highway, forget about it. It's uh, no. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a real exercise in uh, self and presence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so what are some of the things that that people who uh, may have told themselves, I hate running because that's a yeah. pretty common thing to say. And I'm sure, sure a, a few people have come to your seminar. Not a triathletes saying that. Tell me that. Yeah, yeah. Right. What do you do about that if, if people are coming to it with that mentality? Well, if somebody really hates running, how I approach them is. You know, really got to suspend your disbelief for one thing. I mean, yeah. right off the bat, if you want to learn to to love running, the best way to do it is just tiny little increments. Mm-hmm. Tiny. It's a huge learning curve if you're, you know, your health isn't good, you've been sedentary or anything like that. So it's such a big leap that most people go, not only do I hate it, I can't even imagine like getting started. Yeah. And so what I've done is I've come up with a method. In fact, I just launched this last week. Cool. <laughs> it's a brand new thing. It's called the Chi Running School. And what I've done is I've taken all of the teaching that I've done over the last 15 years, I've kind of honed it down into a series of just one focus at a time, one little thing of your mm-hmm. body to pay attention to. It could be no more than just bending your arms and swinging them in a more relaxed way or how yeah. you hold your fingers, how you land your feet. I've come up with this school is to I I have it in broken up into lessons. It's two years worth of lessons delivered weekly. Cool. So 104 lessons. Yeah. And it starts off at the beginning, really simple, just mm-hmm. standing tall. So all week long you do that. So there's a video lesson that comes along with each lesson, a video component, and then there's an audio companion that you could download into your iPhone or your mp3 player or whatever and take it with you as you go walking around or as you go out on a workout Mm -hmm. so that way you get to see what it is i'm trying to show you and then you get to have me talk you through it so it's not like being in front of a class it's not being embarrassed with like working on something with other people you can work on this on your own and it's also you're only doing one little tiny thing for a whole week Mm -hmm. and then the next week you get another little tiny thing and so if somebody hates running and I can get them to just do change one little tiny thing every week. It adds up, you know, yeah. after not very many weeks, you're already kind of moving along going, well, this doesn't feel as bad as it I imagined because he's actually telling me how to do it right, right. <laughs> you know, from the get go. Yeah. So uh, when people really see how much easier it is to move, they get curious and they go, wow, they're. I've got two years of lessons that this is pretty cool. I can, I should be able to be an instructor by the time I finish this course, you know, Right. but people love it. We have gotten so many letters back. We had it going for the previous year, but then we retooled it and reshaped it, mm-hmm. took all the feedback from people. And now we really, it's, 
fits in a really nice little fun school package. Yeah, I'm so, really excited about where things are going because it's e-learning uh, and kind of DIY yeah, learning is, is taking off. You can learn pretty much anything from anywhere as long as you find someone who you can trust. And <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the tough one. But um, Danny is absolutely fantastic to all of you yeah. listening out there. Even if you hate running, you know, like yes, uh, you work running. with him for a second and, and you'll figure out that there's a lot more to it. Because to me, if someone says that they hate running, it's kind of like saying that you hate moving. Like you yeah. remember being, can you imagine a kid saying, I hate running? It's like, that's running. what recess is for. You go and you get, you get your wiggles out and you yeah. feel like a new human being after you do it. And you don't have to run fast. Yeah. You know, right. it's like, you know, running, even if you don't run fast, it's probably one of the best ways to, you know, get muscle tone, mm-hmm. uh, drop weight, you know, anything you want, get balanced, get a stronger core. All of this stuff happens. And all you have to do is just go run around a little bit, you know, yeah. regularly. And, and it's not a big push thing. It's not a competitive thing. It's not even a lot of muscle work. Right. You, know? you, you build the muscle by the nature of the fact that you're moving around. Yeah. And you don't have to go to the gym. It's like, you know, wow. Right. It's free. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can even run barefoot. You don't need those fancy shoes. Yeah, you That's... don't even need shoes nowadays, right? <laughs> <laughs> and another thing I wanted to mention in this interview is when I went to your running workshop in Austin, I'm sure you remember this, it was during our lunch break. And I, I think a lot of people wonder, like, why would you ever run? It seems like a useless superpower in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, but while I was I was out on the lunch break out in front of where we were having that, um, there was a man walking oh, by that. who was in his uh, 40s or, or 50s and he collapsed like right right where I was right after I pulled my car attack. into the parking lot yeah he had a massive heart attack and so the the first thing that I did is sprinted basically across the entire place from where I was to where you guys were all having your lunch break because I knew that there was like a doctor there who is also uh, at the running right. workshop and yeah. So I said that someone was probably having a heart attack. The doctor comes running out and then another guy, he's just like, I have an oxygen tank in my car in the parking lot. So we all like sprint back <laughs> over there. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, he got he got carted off, went to the hospital. But we saw on the news later that it literally saved his life. And oh he, he called us his three angels after that. And oh, I'm just like, so cool. can you imagine like a, a better reason to run than that? Like the fact that yeah. speed was a factor in that sort of situation. And I think that's that's what life is. You, you find out, you know, if there's I lost everything in a fire a few years ago and you wow. need to move fast. Sometimes you need to have endurance. Right. If your car breaks down, you need to go get gas or something. This is a skill that that we are quickly losing as a civilization, yeah. as people, you yeah. know, succumb to obesity and sickness. And I think yeah. it's really important to maintain fitness in one way or another. And I, this is such a simple, fun way to do it. It is, uh, you know, when for me, when I, you know, this whole thing started out in the San Francisco Bay Area when I was living out there. Yeah. Well, I would always travel with a pair of running shoes in my trunk mm-hmm. because I never knew when the big one was going to hit. Right. You know, there's this earthquake that's supposed to happen that's going <laughs> right. to level the whole West Coast, you know. Yeah. I never knew when it was going to hit, but I figured, God, even if I'm like 25, 30 miles away from home, if I got my running shoes in the back of the car, I can leave my car. No problem, it's, like, yeah. it's not going anywhere in the middle right. of an earthquake. But I always <laughs> wanted that out. Somehow it made me feel better about living yeah. on the fault line. Well, you feel like you have something up your sleeve, right? You yeah. feel like you're a little bit more prepared. But let me ask let me ask you this. When you're running ultra marathons for, yeah. you know, I've run marathons before, but not not really past that that distance. What do you do as different muscles fatigue when mm-hmm. it starts to create imbalance in your movement? Yeah, well, you have to make, hopefully, if you're good enough at it, you make the adjustments before your muscles fatigue. You yeah. plan ahead, you refuel, you take rest breaks. But otherwise, you do what I was talking about where you use other parts of your body to run with besides your legs. Mm-hmm. And so then you can do that intentionally resting your legs while you're still moving. Mm-hmm. And then you got to make sure you're up with your fueling, make sure you're getting your carbs in and your hydration, all of that stuff. So it's this whole science of like balancing. How do I keep this body moving even when it really – every bone in my body wants to go, you know what? I could use a nap right now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's it's really – you know what do I have that I can use mm-hmm. and using that and really putting everything else on the back burner, letting it rest, letting it just minimally work. Right. But hopefully you've done enough training and longer mileage runs in your training that you can 
really know how to use that and when to see the need for it as it comes up. Yeah, and there's also a big difference between redlining and running at a pace that you could pretty much go all day. And I I think you mentioned this before that you pretty much always breathe out of your nose. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So what's the importance of that? uh, Nose breathing is really good because you breathe when you're only breathing in and out through your nose. One thing that it's a smaller Mm airstream, So the air goes faster through your nasal patches and it gets deeper into your lungs. But the main thing is, is that when you're nose breathing, it really allows you to belly breathe. Yeah. So you're breathing much deeper into your lungs. Mm-hmm. If you breathe through your mouth, it's chest breathing. So yeah. <laughs> that's when you start panting. And that's when the air only gets about to here, you know. Right. And, and there's very few of the alveoli, the things that take air oxygen and put it into your blood oxygen. They aren't in your upper lungs. They're in your lower lungs. So chest breathing is fine. If you're in the fight or flight mode, if you're a sprinter catching somebody at the end of a race for brief periods of time going anaerobic, then you can chest breathing is what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you need lots of oxygen for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. But if you're endurance running, if you're out there all day, if you're a persistence running, then you need to breathe more slowly. You need to get less into the sympathetic nervous system and into the parasympathetic nervous Mm -hmm. system, which is really burns different, you know, supplies your body with different hormones and stuff like that. It's not cortisol and adrenaline, you know, it's, it's the ones that really serotonin and the ones that really calm your body. You can turn it into a meditative state. Right. So it's really for you. It's a whole mind body change. You know, it's like settling your whole body and okay, we're out here all day. Let's just like, we're getting into a groove here, you know? So it's the mindset of ultras that really is the beauty of it. You know, I've never been like wanting to be a fast runner. I was always a fast ultra runner, but I never pushed the red line in ultras even. You know, you always want to end with something still in your tank, but but you didn't do it right. You know? Well, but but that brings us to i mean once again it's a difference in philosophy right because yeah. most, most of the way that that we learn here in the west it's just like red line all the time go until yeah. you're hurt and then take a little time off i guess but then just like go more and go faster and that is yeah. uh not a complete equation <laughs> it's not a complete equation because it ends in well both of them end in death but one is longer <laughs> away <laughs> but another cool thing is when you're when you're nose breathing you're also literally using a different fuel for your body yes. and you you have a lot more in your tank you can, when you're burning yes. fat that's what you're doing at, at kind of that that more low and slow but it's not that yeah. slow i think you you uh what was it 346 you ran a 50k or something like that yeah 3 mm-hmm. hours and 46 minutes that's not slow for a lot of people out there yeah, uh, that that's cruising but big difference between that and being totally gassed going anaerobic redlining yeah. and burning pure sugar because you can only do that for short periods of time it's like 90 minutes worth of glycogen in your body or something right. like that you know and so if you if you take off too fast or if you're redlining all the time you're going to burn through that glycogen really quickly mm-hmm. and then it's called hitting the wall yeah, you know it's unpleasant. i never once in 43 ultras never hit the wall is that right never ever never got to a point wow. where i go you know what take me away yeah <laughs> you know? so the whole idea of that kind of slow fat burning is that mm-hmm. you need glycogen to burn fat. Yeah. You, so you got to. Because like, it's always a ratio. You're just using it's a different always ratio. always a ratio. Yeah. It's absolutely a ratio. So if you're nose breathing, if you're calming yourself, then you're burning much. And if you're relaxing your body, moving a little slower, then you are burning less glycogen. And because the, of the, the uh, chemical balance in your body, you start actually, your body starts learning how to burn fat. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I was training for ultras, I would finish one of my workouts and my body heat was like way up for the next six, eight hours. Yeah. You know, so I was burning fat, sleeping through the night. Right. Because my body was just in this slow mode of burning fat, you know. It's a beautiful and, thing. Uh, people think, you know, this this whole thing about what high intensity interval training, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, that's kind of fun maybe yeah. <laughs> when you're young. But if you really want to, you know, just get into a lifestyle of slow burn and good health, there's really a different way to go. You mean you don't do burpees as a lifestyle? (laughs) No, no. You're right. That's that's you know when you're talking about something that's very effective for 
getting strong, getting fast, losing fat super quickly. Yes, you can do some of that stuff, and uh, yeah. and I do sometimes, but I, I, I have trouble believing that I'll be doing it when I'm 70 or 80, whereas exactly. going out in cruise mode, uh, going for a nice <laughs> run or a hike, that's something that, that I hope to be doing for the rest of my life. That's It's one of my favorite things on earth. Yeah, yeah, and so, you know, as you get older, and I'm getting older, I'm starting to feel my speed coming down and my body not recovering as quickly. It's really... It's just making me even that more sensitive to how mm -hmm. I move and when I take breaks and how, how often I walk and all that stuff. So I'm actually, you know, learning to enjoy this little, even a little bit slower ride. <laughs> do you have any tips for those? Because there are a lot of folks who listen who are over 40, over 50. Yeah. Or do you have any tips specifically for them? Yeah, I would say, you know, as you get older, it's really important to um, shorten your stride, mm -hmm. but keep your cadence. Okay. You know, so I'm, I'm a real good, pr big proponent of a steady cadence, no matter what speed you run. Yeah. Because it keeps your body used to a certain gear speed feeling. So as you get older, your body doesn't produce the testosterone to build more muscles and more mm -hmm. muscles. And, and so you need to adapt. And so you need to learn to relax more. As you get older, you need to keep your range of motion. So yoga classes, any kind of, uh, you mm -hmm. know, stretching like that, that's really keeps your range of motion. So range of motion, shorter stride. I know those seem opposite of each other, yeah. but it's still really important when you do increase your speed to be able to have that range if you need it. And just really working on that whole slow fat burning mode because you, you don't need to be in a hurry, you know, as you yeah. get older. That's not necessary. <laughs> Let the young guys go out and burn themselves <laughs> to the ground. I, I'm not as much of an elder as you are at this point, but I have a feeling that that is great advice. <laughs> I do kind of feel like the village elder, you know, when I show up at a race. If I show up at a race, I win my age group nowadays. Yeah, you know? yeah you of know? course. So, but I'm enjoying it. It's still fun. Yeah. You know? Go and out. that's the whole point. Anyway, that that is why we train because it's fun. Yeah. And whether we like it or not, we're all still kids. And yeah. I, th yeah. I think when you go out and run or even walk in the same meditative state, you mm -hmm. you appreciate that and you let a little bit of that out every day. And uh, oh, it just totally. yeah. changes your, your mental state. You got to have fun. I yeah. mean, that's all there is to it. You got to have fun. And whether it's through running or walking or just getting out the door, or walking your dog, you know, you yeah. got to get out of your head and into get your body. out of your head now more than ever. I mean, the world is crazy. We have technology bleeping and blooping at us nonstop. Uh, it's uh, yeah. at the very least going out on a, on a run or a walk is a great excuse to get away from that for 10, 20 minutes at, at, at oh, the yeah. least. Yeah, I love the phrase sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's totally true. It is it's totally true. Where I can't believe we could talk all day, and I'm sure I'll have you on the show again soon. But um, we're, we're out of time. Before we go, why don't you yeah. tell folks a little bit more about your school, what you're working on now, and where they can find you? Okay, so the school is available on our website. If you just go to chirunning.com, C-H-I running, and um, they're right in the middle of the page. It says, you know, Chi Running School is now open. Click here, find out more about it. We'll take you to a landing page that kind of gives you a video introduction and how it's all laid out, how it works. So you can find out everything you need to know about it just from just going to our web page. Cool. And uh, we've got, you know, all through the this holiday season, we've got a, a further discount in our store if you sign up for the school. So it's a fun way to go. Plus, in case people don't know, we do have a complete library and bookstore and videos and audios of everything you can imagine about running training programs and all that stuff so we want people to just get really good at running and walking and have fun at it so we i've spent you know better part of 20 years trying to help people get there yeah. you know help people love running like you said you know i hate running yeah we're gonna get you to love running i've had just as a short i've had so many triathletes i can't tell you that have come to me and said i hate running it's yeah. my least favorite part of a triathlon. If you can get me to love it, I'll thank you for the rest of my life. They usually come back a couple of years later and they'll say, oh, my God, running is the favorite part of wow. my triathlon because it's the last part and it's the easiest. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, great. Yeah. If I can convince those guys, I can convince anybody. Anybody. So if you're listening and you hate running, give it a shot. <laughs> Danny will change Do. your mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, Danny, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome anytime, and we'll have to have you yeah, on again soon. I love being on your show, Abel. We always have great talks. 
Thanks again for listening to Fat Burning Man. Don't forget, before you go, check out fatburningtribe.com. If you have a question for me that you want answered about how to improve your performance, what to eat for dinner, how to drop fat quickly, how to improve your overall health, or anything else, we answer all of your questions there. So quickly, you can get the first month for just $1 for a limited time. Check it out at fatburningtribe.com. All right, I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat Burning Man. If you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? Please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you, and if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan and Facebook by typing in Abel James or FatBurningMan. Drop me a line anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat Burning Man, winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com I'll give you a second to type it in fatburningman.com and you'll get all the show notes and video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat Burning Man better yet enter your best email at fatburningman.com sign up for my newsletter and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up Once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now. Enter your best email to get your free fat-burning download straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.